Welcome to the Crown Council Mentor of the Month program. This is Steve Anderson. Years ago, my late mentor, Bill Gove, told me that if you wanted to look like a genius at any convention or meeting, just greet the other person that you can't remember the name of and ask them how their back is. That person will go back to their room and say to their spouse how amazing it is that you remembered them. It's not so much genius as much it is the fact that nearly 80% of people have some type of constant or periodic back pain. In dentistry, it's probably more like 100%. It's no secret that dentistry is a physically demanding profession with the constant physical movement, sitting and bending over. It's almost a given that in dentistry you'll ultimately have head, neck, and back pain and problems. Just look around at the posture of most dentists at your next dental meeting and ask any one of them how their back is, and they'll think you're a genius for remembering. Our Crown Council Mentor of the Month this month is the creator of an innovative exercise and rehabilitation program called Foundation Training. In some ways, it's contrary to everything that you've probably heard about back strength and back pain. He acts as a consultant to numerous doctors, strength coaches, athletes, celebrities, and severe chronic pain sufferers around the world. He's been featured in numerous magazines, newspapers, and national television programs for his thought-provoking theory and actions about human movement and chronic pain. His book with his co-author, Peter Park, is entitled Foundation, Redefine Your Core, Conquer Back Pain, and move with confidence. With advice that every dentist needs to hear and act on if he or she wants to eliminate pain, preserve and build back strength, and be the only dentist in the next dental meeting without back pain, is this month's Crown Council Mentor of the Month, Dr. Eric Goodman. Eric, welcome. Thank you very much, Stephen. Thank you for such a thoughtful introduction. That was really, you really bet. nice. <clears throat> Great to have you with us. And maybe Excuse me, maybe we could start with the obvious question. As a, a culture with so many back problems, not just in dentistry, but people in general, what are we doing to ourselves that creates so many back problems? I think that's a great question. And it's a question that has gone unanswered for, for quite some time, including in my own injuries. That was a question that went unanswered for me. What was I doing to myself? that broke down my spine and, and forced me to consider having spine surgery at a very young age. And what I have found, uh, not through theorizing, not through any, anything other than experience and, and my own personal experience, is that our movement patterns, more than any other isolated factor, break down our bodies. And as we adapt to seated postures, to internally rotated postures, or as in the dentist, in the, in the, uh, the dental profession, as you adapt to leaning over patients, often improperly, bending at the spine, as opposed to using our body anatomically correct, which is hinging at the hip joints with a braced spine, we are quite literally breaking down our own bodies at a rate that is very challenging to, to counteract. So what we have done, what I have personally done in my own life and, and have had the just incredible good fortune of doing is teaching people to break that pattern, the step-by-step -step process to physically adapting their body out of that improper movement pattern that is breaking them down, instead using movement to build themselves up.
so when you look at the scope of all the different treatment modalities that are out there, and there's a lot of them. I mean, there's whole companies that specialize in treating back pain. I could name them. Uh, national franchises and chains. So why don't we see more positive results from the modalities that are out there? And, and then maybe you can share with us the difference in what you're doing compared to the majority of what's out there. Okay. So for the first part of that question, uh, why are a lot of the existing modalities reasonably ineffective in a lot of cases? And, and I will say that first and foremost, one of them is that they're kind of addressing the wrong side of the body. In the past 20 to 30 years, our health community has widely recognized that our abdomen has to be strong, that that is the center of our body, that that's our core. And that's, that's just, it's just incorrect. There's no really nice way to put that. It's wrong. And the more you strengthen your abdomen, the more you focus on the rectus muscles, on the transverse abdominis improperly, the further you are taking yourself into the pattern that stops you from using the spinal muscles properly, the posterior chain, which is a group of muscles that I talk about all the time, only because of its important in concern with modern move. It's very important in modern movement. Our modern lifestyle, the Industrial Revolution and on, when we started sitting at desks, driving cars, riding bicycles, all these different things that put us in seated postures, has adapted our body to be very short in the front and very long, too long, in the back. And that quite literally takes us out of the effective length of the most important muscles in our body, the butt muscles, the glutes, the hamstrings, the lower back, spinal extensors, and the hip flexors on the front of the body. Those muscles need to be working within an effective length in order to do what they're supposed to do. So no matter what modality you're going into, no matter what you're using to fix your back pain or your knee pain or your ankle pain or shoulder, I mean, it really runs the gamut of this. It's, it's across the spectrum of, of aches and pains. If you are not focusing first on lengthening the front of your body to an effective length, strengthening the back of your body by doing that, teaching the back of your body to support the weight that your joints are otherwise supporting, you're, you're starting at a handicap. No matter All right, what so you I'm, I'm going to interrupt have... my question real quick because I think everybody has in their mind right now, you said something that really got my attention. We're okay. an ab-obsessed culture. I mean, it's on mm -hmm. magazines, it's everywhere. And, and you said we're, that, that can hurt? In other words, that's <laughs> causing part of the problem? What are we doing to our abs that's causing back problems? What we're doing is we're over-strengthening a very compartmentalized muscle. We're looking at one piece of a very big puzzle, and we are focusing the vast majority of our attention on that one, in the, you know, in the grand scheme, insignificant piece of the puzzle. The abs should be nowhere near as strong as the butt muscles and the hamstrings and the lower back muscles because those muscles activate in a chain. They are integrated. They are when properly functioning, functioning together as a team. Your hamstrings, glutes, and lower back are designed to work together as a pulley system to support your upper body weight throughout your entire life through every movement you make. Most of us, dentists, doctors, athletes, I mean, I, from the professional athlete to the dentist who's you know, at the end of their career towards retirement and been doing the same thing all along, shares a common theme in which the front of our bodies are over-tightened and the back of our bodies are overstretched, and neither of them can work effectively because of that. And this idea that the abs are the core of the body, 
it's just it's silly. It's dated. It's no longer a reality. And some people are holding on to it because they don't know better. But what we have done is we have not only answered the question of what is the center of the body, but we've given the step-by-step process of this. You know, don't, don't just listen to us. I want you to feel this. Do a few of these exercises. See what it feels like when weight is dispersed among the posterior chain of muscles. And just watch what happens. Watch your back pain go away. Watch your neck pain change. Watch all these injuries that we have that are likely caused by our own movement patterns simply melt away by changing the emphasis from the front of the body to the back. And then once you get really good at that stuff, you know, you've been doing it for a month or two or three or however long you end up doing it, you start pulling a lot of other muscles into the equation. And your body actually, in front of your eyes, changes physiologically. You disperse weight all day, every day differently in a much healthier pattern among chains of muscles as opposed to joints. All right, so let me, let me make sure. Let me make sure I heard you right because you are a contrarian here. So <laughs> if, if I'm the typical guy who's going to the gym every day or every other day and just pounding my abs with crunches and, mm-hmm. and all kinds of stuff, you know, to have a six-pack or whatever – without doing any factors and what you're saying is that's the exact opposite of what you need to be doing. Yeah. Did I get it right? You, are, you, you got that absolutely right. And yes, I am a contrarian and I've made quite a career out of that. And <laughs> okay. I like that because you, there's, there's this, and granted, this is a contrary idea if you read fitness magazines. However, oh, yeah. if, you, if you listen to me speak at medical conferences, if you listen to me speak among a very high echelon of medical practitioners, chiropractors, physical therapists, all these people, what you'll realize is that they agree with this wholeheartedly and they endorse this wholeheartedly because it is giving an answer that they've been trying to get their patients to understand for a long time, but they didn't really have the process to help them understand that. And that's really what we've done. We haven't come up with a new theory. We've come up with a way of explaining an existing theory better than anybody else has in a way that is very manageable. All right. So that's, so that's the idea with this. You got it. So you're the, the flip side of this, or the opposite is instead of doing all those crunches and shortening my abs, what you're saying is I need to lengthen the front and shorten the back. Yes, and there are a couple certain there are a couple circumstances when the front of the body, especially if you see a, a gymnast, an, an older gymnast, or if you see a diver, somebody who is extremely flexible is likely going to be too far the other way, too far in extension, where the back of their body is actually significantly shortened, and the front of their body is significantly lengthened. But in that scenario, we do the exact same thing from the other end, and we bring their spine to neutral. We create effective length at the back effective length at the front, and both of those muscle chains then begin working together instead of opposing one another. So even though some people come from a different area or come from a different end of the spectrum, the fix is still very, very similar in that we have to teach them to effectively lengthen the back of their body so that it can become stronger. Okay. So I got the theory, and and I want you to dive into specifics here of exactly what you do. Before you do that, can you share the types of, of conditions that you have successfully treated. You don't have to go all the way through case studies, but the types of patients that you've dealt with and what their problems have been and what you've been able to resolve. Absolutely. Absolutely. And I'll start with the most common. The most common is general back pain, which can be defined as herniated discs, bulging discs, 
collapsed discs, any kind of osteoarthritis in which you basically have an area of the body absorbing too much pressure over time. And just like anything that absorbs pressure over time, it's going to increase density and decrease mobility. So that's the most general type of pain patient that we see is my back's been killing me for the past 20 or 30 years. Every two to three months it goes out and I'm, I'm really incapacitated. You know, I can't do anything for the time that it's out. I can't stand up. I can't sit down. I can't lay down. I, you know, we've all been there and felt what that feels like. And it, it sucks. It's terrible. So that's the general. What we see from there is we actually see some really interesting injuries, such as uh, spondylolisthesis, where the idea is to never extend this patient. And it's the worst thing you can do for them is not teach them how to properly extend their spine using muscle chains as opposed to just collapsing onto joints. We've had remarkable success with spondylolisthesis patients. We've had remarkable success with all different sorts of arthritis patients. And as far as general types of arthritic conditions, general breakdown, anywhere we see it in the body, whether it be the, the knee, the ankle, things like plantar fasciitis, things like carpal tunnel syndrome, thoracic outlet syndrome, all of these things can be treated effectively and better by a patient who learns the mechanism of injuries and how to fix it than by a doctor who is simply fixing the symptom. And that's the basis of all of this is that you can treat yourself so much more substantially than a doctor can treat you if you know what to look for and if you know the steps to follow. So it sounds like this is great treatment, but it also sounds like it is great everyday exercise that everybody ought to be doing to prevent back problems in the future. Well, it's, and it's not just to prevent back problems. Yes, certainly to prevent back problems. But more importantly, this is fitness as far as our body is designed to be fit. This is the stuff that moves us through life. You have to remember that with the exception of the past 100 years or so, we were extremely mobile people. We were moving. We were walking everywhere. We were carrying all the time. And our bodies had to remain strong in order to do that or else we broke down very quickly. And we didn't have the, the, the painkillers that we have now. We didn't have all these things that keep us healthy. So much like other animals, up until recently, if our bodies began failing us, we failed. We were, we were in, in trouble. So yeah. we had to remain quite a bit stronger. And that's what this stuff is. This is fitness without equipment. There is nothing involved except mastering the physics of your own body, which is so much simpler than people recognize. And it's so simple, in fact, that you can feel when you're in the right place versus in the wrong place. And it's hard to get to initially. There is a learning curve. I would never tell somebody this is going to be the easiest thing they've ever done. But it will be one of the most worthwhile things any of them ever have ever done. All right, so walk us through the physics and some of the details of how you <laughs> strengthen the real core, not the abs, okay. but, but the back. How do, you, how do you go about this? Well, the first thing to think of is let's define the real core of the body. Let's define the powerful center of all of our motion and all of our, much more important than motion, think of it as where the most force is absorbed and then dispersed. So when we think about movement, we've got gravity pushing on us all day long, every single day. We've got our weight of our body pushing down on us. And in doing that, we absorb it at the pelvis, the center of our motion. Anything, any muscle with a direct connection to the pelvis, whether above, below, next to, within, is part of our core. There are several of those muscles. There are a few that have a certain hierarchy that are more important. The three most important muscles of the core are the glutes, the adductors on the inside of the leg, and the spinal extensors. 
Those muscles are important because the adductors pull from below. They traction the pelvis down. The glutes pull from behind and around. They traction the pelvis inward. And then the spine pulls from above, tractioning the pelvis upward also. And if we, added, if we added a fourth to that, it would be a group of muscles in the abdomen, which counters the spinal erector muscles and counters the adductor muscles. So it's this pulley system pulling against one another. If you only focus on the pull of one of those, such as the case with the abs, think about how out of balance you're making the rest of them when this is a system that is designed to counter tension amongst itself. So physiologically, if we're trying to strengthen this area, we are going to disperse the weight first through the heels of the body instead of the toes. By pushing the weight into the heels, it allows us to nutate our pelvis, basically taking our pelvis into extension instead of flexion. The best image I can give people for this is think of a dog that tucks its tail between its legs. And then think of a dog that untucks its tail. And that untucking motion, lifting the tail, is the motion that we're going for for proper human movement. As soon as that tail is heavily tucked under, that's a very anxious, fearful position. Our body doesn't operate very well there. Much like other animals, that's not where we're supposed to stay. So you nutate the pelvis, pulling it back into extension. This will light up the lower back muscles. You'll feel, literally, as you lift your chest and push the hips back behind the heels, you'll feel the spinal erector muscles turn on. You'll also feel a little bit of tension if you're doing it properly, and that takes a little while. But once you're doing it properly, you're going to feel tension disperse among the hamstrings, especially the upper hamstrings, as they, where they connect into the pelvis, and the glute muscles. All of our exercises are based first, because of modern movement, because of the fix that has to be made, on correcting the hamstrings, glute, and lower back muscle extenders. Those are the muscles that need to be turned on first and taught to communicate properly. Once those are on, we can really start pushing quite a bit further into other exercises. So the first thing we teach people is an exercise called the founder, which is quite simply the breakdown of the physics of the core of the body and how to strengthen it effectively. I would imagine that was slightly confusing, but you asked. No, it. no, it makes sense. <laughs> so then you have that. So it sounds like that that becomes the quote unquote the foundation, right? Hence exactly. The name of exactly. Your, your training. So you got to you engage in that. Then then move us forward from there. What what okay. is the nature of, of of it from there? So again, what we're looking for in every basic exercise we teach, the people that learn this for if, if somebody were to learn this for three months and then stop and not go any further, what they would do is they would learn three exercises first. A founder, which is, the, that's the cornerstone. Everybody has to learn how to do that properly. It takes a little while. Some people learn it immediately and they get it right away. I love those people. Some people don't. After they've learned the founder and mastered how to properly stretch and strengthen that posterior chain of muscles, they then move on to some different lunge positions, which accomplish the same goal, lengthening the front of the body, tightening the back of the body effectively, and teaching your body to operate there. It's this practiced, rep repetitive, good patterning of the body that actually changes the movement patterns that you have. Once you've mastered the lunge stretches, you'll go into a little bit of groundwork again to start bringing in another important muscle, the adductors. We have an exercise called the adductor-assisted back extension, which basically teaches the pelvis to remain, tra to remain tractioned downward, contracting the adductor muscles, pulling the pelvis down towards the feet, very minimally, but applying pressure, as you extend your spine, thus taking you out of the possibility of, of hyperextending or compressing your spine. So while you're lifting the torso up from flat on your stomach on the ground, you're actually pulling the pelvis downwards, and it's very interesting. You start to feel how your hamstrings and adductors can actually lift the entire tension of your upper body. It's pretty, 
it's pretty wild stuff when you get into it. it you, you really learn a lot about your body by simply learning these exercises. So let me just interject here real quickly. I would uh, assume that when you start working with some people with even these basic exercises, that there's a lot of people that rapidly discover that they are painfully weak in these mm -hmm. real basic areas. Is that right? That is absolutely correct. And one of our one of one of the most enjoyable things that we get to do is is it, people would imagine that weak people are the only ones that are weak in these muscles, and it's, it's absolutely untrue. We work with some of the top athletes in the world. We actually work with a, a number of the top athletes in the world, and I have not found a single one of them that is stronger in these postural muscles, these, these true core muscles, than they are in the front muscles. Not a single one of them. The closest to it would be Derek Fisher, who's a really strong basketball player. He's very, very fit. He's worked on it for a long time. But even over the course of three years of working together, five days a week, he was constantly strengthening these muscles. Not a, it's not a show of, you know, you're out of shape, so you're weak. It's that even those that are in the best shape have not addressed these muscles as they are designed to be addressed and therefore have a similar learning curve to somebody who doesn't do any fitness and has to learn. So expect to be challenged with these. Absolutely expect it. So before you go on, <clears throat> let me let me go back to some traditional things. Can you can you give us some of the traditional exercises that the typical guy walks in a rate room to get a, a workout mm -hmm. that I mean I'm assuming from what you're saying is some of these guys go in, they're they're benching, they're they're doing squats, they're doing all those traditional exercises mm -hmm. uh and but yet these core ones are not even being addressed mm -hmm. and that's really where the foundation of strength comes from. Is that right? And that's why we call it, well, that's, that's the namesake. That's why we call it foundation training. And there is nothing wrong with the people in the gym doing bench pressing, deadlifting, squatting, all these different things. But what they're doing, if they haven't mastered movement, if they haven't strengthened their body as it's designed to be strengthened, if they haven't taught their body to disperse forces among chains of muscles as opposed to through joints, then what they're doing is adding resistance to a flawed system and they're increasing the speed in which their body breaks down physically. While they might be adding tension to muscles, they might be adding the ability for a muscle to lift a certain weight in a certain pattern, faster, better, more heavily, whatever it might be. At that same time, they are imbalancing their body further by not addressing the way that these muscles are designed to be working, which is with other muscles among their chain. We work as an integrated system. When we compartmentalize muscles, we are doing ourselves a disfavor, regardless of how often we do it or how well we do it, if we haven't learned first the proper pattern of doing it. So when you're okay, thinking so of core, when, when you're thinking of exercise, and this will be another 20 seconds, but when you're yeah. thinking of exercise, the hierarchy in which you should be thinking is 70 to 80% of my work for the first long time that I'm getting myself fit or getting myself strong should be focused on the deepest layers of muscle out. You should be focusing on the glutes, the hamstrings, the lower back, proper shoulder stability, proper knee stability, you know, using the quads as a secondary muscle to the glutes as opposed to a primary muscle. As a primary muscle. These ideas, which we illustrate in the book and we illustrate in DVDs and we talk about them very extensively, 
will change your fitness forever as opposed to just making you stronger in certain movements. So once, let me interject a theory here. You tell me if I'm correct. Once you strengthen these muscles, I'm assuming that your everyday, day-to-day movement changes as well. You start moving differently because those muscles are strong. Is that right? Absolutely. Okay. I think that's so, a, I think that's dead accurate. Um, the, the one of the gifts that we give people, and we say this all the time, is you know most medicine, most most theories in medicine or in fitness or in training or in any of that, they they hand you a fish. They don't teach you. They don't make you learn how to do this yourself. They simply instruct you or treat you. And what we do is we teach you the method. We show you exactly what you need to make sure that as you're moving around in the future, you're doing it properly, not because you're thinking about it, because you have strengthened your muscles effectively so that that's the way that they know how to move. That's how they know how to disperse forces. And it's something that is very, very natural. You, your body quite literally adapts to a better movement pattern, and it then becomes your movement pattern. All right, so let's go into the dental office now for a moment. And there's been a lot of, you know, for years there's been talk about ergonomics and dentistry and how you should – how you should work and movements you ought to be careful of and the whole deal. Uh, do you subscribe to that, or are what you're saying is that when you strengthen the proper muscles, then going about your daily work becomes a natural thing, and, and you'll naturally move about in a different way and a better way because those muscles are strengthened. So it's a, is this a chicken and the egg proposition? Tell me what, what what's the sequence. This is a chicken and the egg. <laughs> okay, explain. <laughs> and it, well, it's both of those. It's, uh, I think one of the problems, and, and this is going to be a pure philosophy answer based on what I truly believe and what I only believe because of my personal experience and because there's a lot of really smart people out there thinking of similar things, and they do a very good job. Ergonomics, there's nothing wrong with looking for increased or improved ergonomics. I think it's smart. I think what it does is it puts your focus on healing yourself and helping yourself which to me is, is wonderful. The more you think about helping yourself, the more likely you are to help yourself. All we're doing is giving you another tool. And what this tool will do is we'll get you more out of all of those other tools. We call it the universal accessory because it is. It, it improves your reward from everything else you do or everything else done to you by, again, teaching your body to do what it's naturally designed to do. It's not the only thing, though. It's not do foundation training and never have to worry about anything ever again. It's do foundation training, continue worrying about other things, and finally get the benefit out of those other things. How nice is that? So that's the idea with this, is, is not to create an alternative, not to create any kind of do this instead of that. But take the time, spend 5, 10 minutes a day learning these, pro, these protocols. You know, even If you can spend 20, 30 minutes a day, even better. And you will improve your reward from all of these other things by doing that. All right. So in addition to the exercise, which we'll come back to in a minute, talk to us about what we should be doing in the office day-to-day, uh, okay. -day, whether you're a dentist, a dental assistant, hygienist, working on patients, physically moving all day. Uh, what tips do you have so that you support the back and you're strengthening the back while you're doing all of those day-to-day -day things? Yeah, I love it. And, and I think that because you are in a profession that stands frequently and does move, you're, you're in a very mobile profession. You are, when done properly, you are in a profession that can keep you healthier than most can because of its demands. And what I would love to do is teach you all how to do that without very much 
change, you know, really just holding your body weight differently. I can't tell you how to do that. I can't say stand this way instead of that way. What I can do is tell you that the faster you learn the exercise called the founder, the faster you learn the principles of foundation training, of keeping your hip flexors long, keeping your lower back muscles engaged, and keeping your weight distributed through your heels as opposed to through your toes, the faster you're going to be able to make everyday momentary, literally moment-to-moment changes that will help your back and knees and all of that. And, and that's, the, that's the message here is learn the exercises. It, it might take you a day. It might take you a week. And then apply the exercises as often as possible. Apply the principle that that exercise is based in as often as possible. So if you're in between patients and you've got five minutes, I want you to spend three of those minutes doing lengthening exercises, as I call them, or decompression exercises, as I call them, which is simply going into this founder position, turning on the correct muscles in your body, turning off the incorrect muscles in your body, and then go about your day. And if you do that in between every patient or in between half of your patients, I will be dumbfounded if you don't experience remarkable results very, very quickly. So walk us through the rest of the rest of the training. Obviously, there's uh, as as I've gone through this, it, you get it when you look at the pictures, right? Mm-hmm. And that's why you've done such an amazing <laughs> job of illustrating all this. So we'll talk about that in a minute. But maybe you could kind of complete kind of the whole training process and everything okay. that's covered. So what I'll do is I'll walk you through what a person who comes to me for a month is going to go through. All right. First, I'm going to make sure the first week I'm going to see them maybe two or three times, and I'm going to give them homework each time. If we spend an hour together, I'm going to spend an hour. Usually the first session, it takes an, 30 minutes to an hour to learn two or three exercises well enough that they can repeat them, that they can repeat, repeat them at, their, at their own house or wherever they're going. So that first couple of days is going to be based on very, very basic tutorials of how your body moves and how you then strengthen into those movements. Once they start learning that, and that's, that's probably three to five exercises in that first week. Some people can do more. Some people can do less. But I would say strive to really understand three to five exercises, spending 30 minutes or so a day trying to learn them on your own. Once that first week is done, we're going to start making it a little bit more vigorous, a little bit more of a workout. There's going to be a flow to it. And once you get that first principle of literally engaging the posterior chain in a way that it's designed to but has likely never been engaged before, you're going to start being able to apply the other exercises very, very quickly. And again, there's about 10 or 12 basic exercises that every single person goes through. And that's exercises that, again, I teach my pro athletes, I teach my significantly gone back pain patients, and they definitely start at different places. But they're very, very similar theories and similar ideas and very similar exercises. So that first month, I'm going to ask that it's, you're going to school. Become a student of your body for a month. Spend the hours required so that the rest of your life you can adhere to these principles and, and apply these principles to every movement you make. So let's say a normal person with me would go through about three hours a week of training, and they would then have about 10 to 20 minutes a day in addition to that for just recap, studying. You know, I, I give them homework to do. You got to tell me, tell me what this feels like tomorrow. Tell me what this did to you tomorrow. From a home study standpoint, if you can apply 20 minutes a day every day or 30 minutes a day every day in a, in a perfect world, your learning curve is going to increase very rapidly. 
So in the book, uh, and I have DVDs, I have a book, I've got all these free videos out online and things like that, and I want people to use them. That's why we put it there. I, I want to give information. I think it should be available. Use those videos. Use the book. We have exercises laid out that are, you know, five exercises practiced for two weeks, and then you add three more exercises for the remaining two weeks, and then three more exercises on top of that for the final two weeks. And by the end of that six-week period, you know a lot about your body, and you know certainly what to avoid as far as exercises, not because you've been told, but because your body tells you. Your body stops, starts to adapt to these, these movement patterns very quickly in the shortest four to six weeks, certainly, and you actually feel when you're holding tension improperly. You feel when you're doing something that can hurt you. So that's the training process. And look, the, there's people that take this so far, and I have hundreds of exercises and variants on exercises, all with body weight or a medicine ball at the most, but nobody gets to go there until they have mastered the basics of fundamental human movement. And that's the one thing we're never taught is, hey, this is how your body moves. We're just taught to add resistance and to push ourselves and to do things intensely and to push harder and, you know, get stronger. And it's not really as it, how it works necessarily. It's a slow, focused, repetitive process so that you can then get stronger and push harder and add intensity in a very safe and effective way. All right, so you have, I think I would speak for everybody who's listening to this, you've gotten our attention, contrary <laughs> way of, of looking at things with some pretty amazing results. So take me back to the beginning. Where does someone start? Give me the simple uh, starting, starting place. All right, we've got a couple options for that. The first option, the reason that we wrote the book, the reason that Peter and I partnered up, and, and Peter is so instrumental in the, the growth of this and, and in helping this become something that people like you got to be turned on to. Uh, sure. Peter's a world-class trainer. He trains countless professional athletes and celebrities and kids and all the, you know, he's across the board and he's phenomenal. The reason we wrote the book is because we wanted to get people to understand why you have to do this. And for the 20 bucks that the book costs, if I could have had this when I was in chiropractic school, it would have changed my life forever. It has changed my life forever, but it would have done it faster with less work which would have been nice. So read the book. Pay attention to the science aspect of it. It's, it's written in a way that anybody with a medical degree can certainly relate to and understand. And anybody without a medical degree can certainly relate to and understand. Try the exercises in there. If you find that it is challenging at all to do the exercises from the book, pop up my website. It's foundationtraining.com. I have free videos on the website. I have a YouTube channel that has a bunch of free videos. And much more importantly, I have a DVD in which I get to stand in your living room and teach you for two and a half hours exactly how to do these exercises. And I give you workouts to follow. And I give you, if you're an athlete and if you're an already active person, you've got a great little 12-minute athlete's warm-up and a 12-minute athlete's recovery and these really intense workouts that you can build yourself up to. And there's an advanced workout on my DVD that is literally a workout that I do with Lance Armstrong and Kelly Slater and guys like that. And it fries them and it exhausts them and they feel so good after it, all based in body weight, all based in moving properly and adding tension to a system as it's designed to be. So my answer to that is start slow, learn the founder exercise. That's the first one. Learn some of the back extension exercises so you can learn to extend your back properly and then go from there. But slow and steady wins the race in this one. The more time you focus on the basics, the better your experience will be overall without question. The book is available everywhere, correct? Mm-hmm. 
the book is we sell the book on our website and in full disclosure the book is cheaper on Amazon and my business manager will yell at me for saying this but it is cheaper on Amazon we <laughs> can't compete with that. him and uh, you know I think it's like a few dollars cheaper but you can't get the DVD anywhere but our website so foundationtraining.com is the place to go Amazon you can search for the book we obviously prefer that you buy it from us but I really just prefer that you buy it uh, it's good for you it's good for your family it's good for your practice and it's good for your patients this is something that applies to anybody that has a body. You know, we're all using it just a little bit off, and we can all learn at least a couple tricks to help us get through life a lot more comfortably. And, and you know, in my opinion, obviously it's a biased one, but this is at least one of several very good ways of learning those things. Is there any back problem that this won't help? I mean, I'm not talking about a cure. But I mean, you've mentioned herniated discs. Uh, I don't know if you've you haven't spoken about scoliosis, but I mean, is there mm -hmm. any back problem that would not benefit from this training? Well, I think uh, there, there's always exceptions, and there will always be. There is no such thing as a cure-all, and I would never curse this by saying that it's a cure-all. It's not. It does help in most cases with most injuries, and I have seen nearly every kind of back injury out there, and I've seen a lot of scoliosis curves that have remedied with this, I have never seen a scoliotic curve that goes back to normal. I don't know that I ever will, but I also have only been doing this for a few years. I think perhaps somebody could make some pretty substantial changes with a young enough spine, but it doesn't fix scoliosis entirely. It makes scoliosis more comfortable. It doesn't fix uh, heavy sclerotic changes within the spine. It doesn't change ankylosing spondylitis or things along those lines that are congenital autoimmune disorders in which it's very challenging to change the physiology internally of the spine or of the other bones. What it does is it gives those people an option to at least create more comfort, at least create an environment in which the physiological changes that are happening naturally within their body are happening at least at a slightly slower rate or more evenly dispersed. When I see somebody with a, a sclerotic spine or a, um, oh, what's the word I'm thinking of, there's some degenerative changes that are pretty, pretty remarkable, spondylolysis, a few different things that present more challenge than others. And if you have one of those conditions and you really want to get the help, I would suggest either emailing me directly or emailing one of our top instructors that can do, if you're local in California and Southern California, we're here in Santa Barbara and a few people throughout the Southern coast, and we can see you that way. Or if you really feel that this could help you and you have some remarkable, remarkable spinal problems or knee problems or whatever they might be, we can also do Skype sessions. And we have had a number of people that have had really drastic improvement by simply working with some of our instructors over the internet for a few hours. Oh, but idea. this is a new theory and, and always it's better to have eyes on you if you have a, a sure. substantial injury. Uh, great. So questions, you offered your email address, so I'm going to call yeah. you on that. No, please, please do, and, and I'm, I'm happy to answer email questions, especially uh, good email questions. It's eric, E-R-I-C, at foundationtraining.com, and that's just, you know, just remember Eric and remember the website. It's pretty simple. You got it. And, you know, I'll, I'll, I will answer to the best of my ability, but the truth is uh, I've spent my life, and I'm, I'm young. I'm 31 years old, and I have devoted every moment of this my life to this point, really, to understanding one aspect of health. So if you're asking me about diet, if you're asking me about things like that, I'm probably going to send you to somebody that is more an expert than I am. But when it comes to back injuries and when it comes to movement patterns, I do 
really understand it. And I'm, you know, happy to help offer as much advice as I can for that. And we didn't even get into your own personal story, but you have lived this. You've had uh, a pretty amazing trip yourself with some pretty serious back problems, which got you very interested in all this, which yeah. is detailed out a little bit in the book. So, And we, I can, uh, I can touch on it if you – yeah, I'm happy yeah, to real touch quick. on it if you want me to. You yeah. So what this all came from, I didn't – like I said in the beginning, I, this was not a theory. This isn't something that when I was in chiropractic school, I thought differently than everybody else, and I was going to prove them wrong, and this isn't a proof wrong of anything. This is just a – proving right of our own ability to help ourselves. And it comes from exactly that thing. I was very fed up in being in a, with being in a system that was not able to fix my back. Starting at 19 onward up until I was 25, 26, I had a continuously regressing miserable back injury where at first it was going out every six months, then it was going out every three months, then every month or two. And it got to a point when I was in my mid-20s where I was sitting in chiropractic school all day, learning exactly how to get people out of back pain while feeling my own back pain exacerbating heavily from all the hours sitting, from all the breakdown and all of this. And it got to a point where I started actually considering surgery. And I had two different doctors who took MRIs of my spine say, you need to get surgery. This is not fixable. When you tell somebody like me that something's not fixable, you do a lot of people in the world a favor by lighting a fire that I wanted to figure it out. I wasn't, that wasn't okay with me. That was not a proper diagnosis. I was young, I was healthy, and I knew a lot about the body at that point. So I went on this obsessive, compulsive idea that I'm going to fix my own back, and I'm going to, I'm going to learn what's out there. I'm going to figure it all out, and I'm going to find the thing that can fix my back. And I thought I would find the thing that had already been created, but as it turns out, it hadn't been created yet. And the thing that fixed my back was going through yoga and Pilates and Egoscu and all of these different forms of exercise seeing what they were getting at, and then making my own changes and, and emphasizing over anything that my back has to become the strongest part of my body. That's why I'm injured. My back is weak. The rest of me is strong. It's off balance. So I became quite OCD in making my lower back, especially the strongest part of my body. And what foundation training is, what every one of these exercises is, is exactly what happened to my movement as my back became the strongest part of my body. I started understanding what was happening, and I was able to apply my education as a chiropractor, a trainer, and just a general lover of anatomy to what was happening within my own body, and that's exactly what I teach now. Fantastic. Dr. Eric Goodman, the book entitled Foundation, Redefine Your Core, Conquer Back Pain, and Move with Confidence. That's the book. DVD can be found on foundationtraining.com questions, eric at foundationtraining.com. Thanks for sharing your wisdom today with us, Eric. You have addressed an ongoing issue that is one of the biggest pains, to coin a phrase, in dentistry. <laughs> and uh, hopefully that this will touch the lives of hundreds, if not thousands of dentists who deal with this every day and improve their quality of life. So thank you for your work and your wisdom and your time today. It's been my pleasure, and thank you so much for having me out there. And I really do, I, I hope that all of you that choose to do this enjoy the process of, of learning and, and recognizing that there is still a lot to learn about our own bodies.